in a time where parents have the weight of a thousand decisions on their shoulders and every step is like walking in quicksand, adventure's probably not in your focus. However, research shows families who adventure are more resilient and have significantly healthier minds and bodies. The purpose of this podcast is to help families connect through simple and authentic adventure experiences. Welcome to Ordinary Sherpa, your online community designed to help you connect, reach your summit, and create meaningful adventure experiences with your family. Hello, and welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. I'm your host, Heidi Dusick, and I have a new title. I'm an untourist travel specialist, as I have been testing and redefining what travel looks like for our family. I have learned a few tricks along the way, and today is just one of those episodes that I'd like to begin helping you reframe the bucket list mentality into more of an untourism mentality. So we're going to take this episode, break that apart a little bit, give some examples and some tips on how can you become an untourist or get better at it. Our road trip across the United States was intended to have us exploring the vast beauty of this country while discovering some of the most unexpected hidden gems and unique experiences. And traveling from state to state, we find ourselves immersed in local culture and community, which is exactly what I was hoping for. Whether we're overlooking the rugged peaks of the Tetons or walking through quaint communities with covered bridges in New Hampshire, I think one of the greatest blessings has been getting rid of the must-see bucket list, instead leaning into this transformative untourist mindset around travel. Because of untourism, we've discovered a sense of freedom and self-discovery that we've grown to love from previous attempts. It's not the first time I sat in awe, wondering, why isn't anyone on this trail? I feel like I should tell them that they're missing the best part. I watched as countless hikers make their way up the muddy, overused main trail to the natural bridge in eastern Kentucky. They came, they saw, they snapped a picture, and started back down. I had just traversed various rock formations, walked through an unexpected slot canyon, and walked across the top of the natural bridge— It's similar experiences I've had at Boiling Lake in Lawson Volcanic National Park or wandering down the path at MacArthur Burney Falls, which I would recommend as a must-see waterfall over Niagara Falls 100% of the time. I've also felt like this frolicking on a farm field on the Big Island and soaking in a hot springs in Utah. Until I changed my approach to travel planning, I didn't know that any of these travel options were available to me. I use the term untourism to define this type of travel. Travel that encourages you to be curious and present in the experience. To notice what you're doing and who you're doing it with is so much more important than where you are. It's often the simple experiences off the beaten path, which by the way, are usually free, that triggers the most memorable family experiences. And yet somehow those don't seem to show up in my Instagram feed. Untourism has unlocked an intentional and meaningful approach to travel that resonates with our entire family. So for fun, I always love these little reflective exercises, and I try to make them as painless as possible. But I asked all of my family, so my husband and three kids, what has been the most amazing experience from our travel that surprised you? And each one offered a unique untourism experience. They're usually pretty simple accessible and can be accomplished without private guides or huge investments. So here are a few of their recommendations. One was my husband. 
standing at the top of Sun Bowl at Snow King Mountain, looking down across the Tetons. You could see the Elk Refuge in the background. You could see various parts of the village. It was just inspiring. My oldest son says, and he it's so funny because he says this over and over, Sand Creek in Wyoming, the free boondocking location that had the waterfalls that we could swim and jump off of. But I also like diving down with my snorkel mask to look at the fish or putting on life jackets and riding the current down the stream. P.S. All of these are free mini adventures we experienced and revisited on the last three trips we've taken through the Black Hills. My daughter states in the boondocking parking lot, where every car got stuck. This was in Helper, Utah, by the way. There were three rocks. She and her brother spent hours, and they would find things in the snow, pretend to use the materials to make things. Like, we found a piece of wood, and that became a tent and carpet. And then we found dried leaves, and that became the fire. Whereas my youngest son said, the really good powder skiing. He's referring to two different days, one at Powder Mountain and one at Antelope Butte in Wyoming. He said, I skied a black diamond and it was really fun and it was not as hard as I expected. None of these ski locations are resorts that most people have on their radar and they might not fit your style, but for us, finding these gems has made our travels so much more meaningful and memorable. The term bucket list entered our vocabulary after the 2007 movie featuring two men facing a cancer diagnosis, and they set off to travel the world and complete a list of things to do before they die. Of course, the travel industry jumped on this opportunity, quickly turned the concept into a way to sell amped up vacations and make simple adventures and humble travel pursuits feel a little less than. If you search the hashtag bucket list, as of this week, you will find 12,313,600 posts of people telling you where to go. Another 528,000 using the hashtag bucket list adventure and still 458,000 giving you the same bucket list travel destinations. Paris, Bora Bora, Venice, Alaska, Bali. By the way, did you know Bali is actually part of Indonesia? It's not a separate country. A local tour operator in Bali said, how do we convince people that Bali existed before Eat, Pray, Love did? In the world of travel and tourism, we are gathering most of our inspiration from pictures we see online, perhaps without any regard to why we are seeing those images. Why do we see hordes of people along the shores of Lake Louise and on the edges of the Grand Canyon? We have been conditioned to seek the same photo that the internet has shown us over and over as a rite of passage. And I've been there. It's easy to get sucked up in the momentum of getting the perfect shot. I've also taken my eyes off the camera lens to see that my kids aren't usually amused by these destinations. What they often remember is that the traffic was insane and the number of people to get there was kind of overwhelming. Tourism is big business. We've been told by travel brands, influencers, and writers that to be a real traveler, we need to check off all the must-see destinations and must-do activities. The fear of missing out or FOMO convinces us to add destinations to our list, causing many bucket travel lists to include the same destinations, making it crowded and even more expensive. The ability to connect with locals or have unique experiences greatly diminishes when you're simply one in a million that will come through their city in this season. More and more, the hype of getting there doesn't align with the euphoria of checking that proverbial box we often equate with accomplishment. 
There were some of the struggles I navigated when creating travel and adventure content. It's precisely why I've resisted the notion of being a travel influencer. I want to disperse people and help them think more deeply about why we travel, to revisit the curious nature of spontaneous adventure. We're more likely to do it if our itineraries aren't jam-packed. I often wonder why people waste a day on the touristy shores of Redfish Lake in Stanley, Utah, when some of the most pristine lakes are just down the road. And yet at the same time, I struggle with sharing off the beaten path because I'm afraid it'll become the next bucket list destination and ruin it for everyone, locals included. I also don't understand why people flock to Jackson Hole Resort. When I think of the skiing and the views, there's so many better options at lesser known locations less than an hour away with no crowds. If you like the experience of grandiose prices and seeing the latest high-end ski fashion, it might be a great location for you. If you're going for a ski experience in the mountains, there's so many other options. But many default to what's familiar. It's that herd mentality. If someone else did it and it was good, it must be good for us too. Going off the beaten path might imply that you're going alone, but I'm here to tell you that it's not true. You'll have to look deeper to find us. We won't pop up in a sponsored post, nor can we rival many brands who invest significant marketing mediums to make sure you find them first. But how do we break out of this bucket list mold and adopt untourist travel tendencies? Well, I have five tips to help you along your path. The first one would be cancel the checkbox mentality. Research from Harvard actually began to study the mentality around this concept of once-in-a-lifetime experiences that people often chalk up on a bucket list, suggesting they will only have one opportunity to see the destination, so you have to do it all right the first time. What they are finding is that the lasting value of travel experiences is often more from the unexpected and serendipitous moments. The opportunity for unplanned and spontaneous adventures doesn't happen as often when your schedule is jam-packed with must-do experiences. It's also okay to visit a location more than once. Part of the reason I've struggled with bucket lists is the notion that I actually know all of the options. There are so many amazing places on this planet that I don't even know about. How could I ever be done with a location when I'm still learning about new and emerging things all the time? Travel is meant to be a personal experience that can inspire personal transformation, not bragging rights on which destinations you've been to. If we have the time of our lives at a destination, it's okay to ask, what do we want to leave for next time? It's also okay to ask that on the front end. We don't necessarily have to plan to do all the things the first time. It actually can help you avoid feeling like you're forced to do all or nothing type experiences on your travel. I think the second major tip I would offer is what would make travel fun? We've been conditioned, especially in the career space, to do more with less. For years, we want to optimize our time and our money, but we're overlooking this. Leisure time was never meant to be optimized. We have deprioritized fun to mean that it's less important than productivity, which might look like checkbox experiences. If you struggle with having open space in your itinerary or can't shake the must-see list, then focus on things that are fun for you and your travel companions. So, for example, instead of starting from this concept of like your destination, choose your destination first, I always say, let's start with the questions that allow you to be curious to explore a new skill, a budding hobby, or even just something you're interested in learning more about. If you've been dying to taste the best food in Italy, Maybe instead of searching best restaurants in Italy, where everyone else is going to be, 
Instead, look for the best cooking classes. How can you make the best food? And maybe even bring that food home with you or that skill home with you. My daughter's love for reading has led us to be intentional about visiting independent bookstores. And it's been so fun because you see the, I like to call it the soul of a city at various locations. Not all of them are fun. You know, laundromats I wouldn't put on my bucket list, nor would I put it on most people's list. But it's a reality of our life right now. The way we travel, we see the inner workings of communities because it's how we travel. But bookstores bring out the personality It's not just the soul and the inner workings of a city. You see the unique characteristics. What are the local favorites? There's always like a local section in a bookstore. My son's desire to hit mountain bike trails has led us to a specific campground in West Virginia. On the flip side, what would be torture for you or others that you're traveling with? I was working with a consultant client and he told me the worst thing for me on vacation is sitting in a hotel room trying to figure out what to do for the day. I get that. I don't want to waste my time off because my time is so precious figuring out what to do. For others, torture might be sitting in a car for eight hours. So how can we be intentional and design for fun to avoid or at least overshadow the pain points of travel? Make it fun. Even the hard stuff. Assess your why and what inspired you. It's perfectly fine to have goals and travel aspirations. It gives us something to look forward to. If you have a current bucket list or find yourself wanting to add a destination to a bucket list in the future, ask yourself, why do I want to go there? What inspired me to put this on our list? Sometimes when we see a photo or we hear a destination, we attach a story or a narrative to what we see, and then we believe that that is the reality of that destination. I'm guilty of this. Sometimes thinking without recognizing these images are edited or the photographer may have had to get up at 5 a.m. to get that that location and capture that experience. That's probably not ideal for a travel experience with kids. Destinations such as Machu Picchu or Niagara Falls, they aren't bad destinations. However, the reason behind them was usually based on false expectations Some of the relentlessness of must-see lists overshadow what makes us happy and what makes travel so fun in the first place. I had the joy of hearing a story from someone who had read my book. In my book, Beyond Normal, I'll link it in the show notes, there's a section on a joy audit. She realized the portion of her life that brought her the most joy was simplicity. So while they were in Arizona, she kept hearing like, you should go to the Grand Canyon. You should go to the Grand Canyon. And she said, but I don't really want to. I am perfectly content with what I have in this unique location where I'm at. I'm having the time of my life. Why do I feel compelled to listen to those external indicators suggesting I must do something that doesn't really align with what I enjoy? Which leads me to explore the alternatives. Yellowstone is often on many people's bucket lists. It's commonly known and highly visited national park, now even with its own TV series. If Yellowstone's on your list, ask yourself, what intrigues you about Yellowstone? Is it the geyser basin? If so, where else might you experience geysers and femorals like you can see at Yellowstone? I might suggest Lassen Volcanic National Park in Northern California or Hot Springs State Park in Thermopolis, Wyoming. There won't be any crowds and you can even have the added benefit of a free soak in the thermal pool, bison viewing, and a petroglyph hike in Thermopolis. You also might explore alternative times to visit if you really feel compelled to visit. Winter and spring offer very different perspectives than high tourism in the summer. What's interesting is a lot of this discovery happened by accident for us. When COVID hit, 
and we knew we still wanted to do something as a family and trying to figure out how to do that safely, I searched for the least visited national parks. And that's how I stumbled on Lawson Volcanic National Park. I wanted to find a way to not be sharing the trails with a million other people. And I'd never heard of it. I was surprised and I was shocked that I didn't even know what all the national parks were. When we start to think about what else is out there, you get a little more creative in your searches. And it's hard sometimes to find those alternatives, which is why my fifth tip is to ask for help. Many of us end up making predictable choices because it's so overwhelming to seek out alternative ideas and information on where to stay and what to do. But if you seek out an untourism specialist or a travel advisor, such as your host here today, we can help travelers determine what you want from a trip and create conditions for those emotions. We hope you later associate with the best travel memories. If you're interested in untourism consulting services, there is a link in the show notes where you can book that. But I also have a free untourism starter guide that I'll link in the show notes as well. The five tips, again, for just getting started to think differently is one, cancel the checkbox mentality. Two, what would make travel fun? Three, assess your why and what inspired you to put a destination on your list. Four, explore alternatives. And five, ask for help. I hope this episode inspires you to think just a little bit differently about how you might travel. How could it look different? How could we make space in our calendars and in our itineraries to allow more time to ask the waiter questions, to go to the local bookstore, to really taste different ways that food can be experienced? I'm having a blast, although I don't know that my waistline is, from tasting all the different ice creams across the states. It's been fun. It's a unique experience we will never forget. I am finding that we really are ice cream connoisseurs now. Small batch homemade ice cream is up our alley. And that's what's making a lot of this fun. We have unique things that we're exploring, things that we look for, ways to ask questions differently so that we can get a very meaningful family experience. Our gap year has been, I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, I don't want to be all rosy color glasses or anything, but I think having this intention and the practice behind on tourism has really made this a very unique experience that I'm hoping will last the rest of our lives. If you need any help, let me know. You know how to find me. There's tons of links in the show notes that can help you out. There's also a couple of links to articles that may be of interest to you. Until next week, I encourage you to think just a little bit differently about what might your travel experience look like in the coming months, weeks, years. Until next week, keep on adventuring, be brave, and keep going. If you found value from today's show, here are three easy ways you can support us. Subscribe to Ordinary Sherpa Podcast on the platform you're listening to. It lets the providers know that you're getting value from the show and want to be around when we release additional content. If you feel compelled, leave us a review. Two, find your friends, family, and others you think would enjoy this show and share this episode. Three, and most importantly, join the community of families interested in creating authentic experiences through simple adventures by going to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash community. We want to hear from you and create content that would benefit your family. Thanks for joining us on this journey as we help families connect through adventure.